Grizzly fans still digesting what happened on Monday against the Nets. No practice for the Grizzlies today, but plenty to discuss. We'll do it next. You are Locked on Grizzlies. Locked on Grizzlies, your daily podcast on the Memphis Grizzlies. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this hump day edition of Locked on Grizzlies. My name is Peter Edmiston. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the host on uh, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Wolo and Peter in the morning, 7 to 10, a contributor for the commercial appeal, writing the numbers game on a pretty much weekly basis. Also, uh, you know, I do this podcast and some others too, which is uh, why I want to say a big thank you to Chase Lucas. Uh, shout out to Chase, who uh, had me on his podcast, uh, You Like Hoops, is the name of the podcast. You Like Hoops? You Like Hoops? Question mark. Like? Do you like like? Uh, do you like hoops? It's just you like hoops. But anyway, that's the podcast. Uh, it released yesterday, and if you didn't check it out, uh, Chase did a great job. I enjoyed the interview very much. It's a different kind of thing than this sort of podcast, but I think you'll enjoy it if you like uh, conversational kind of podcasts and get into some of the behind-the-scenes stuff of covering the team and um, you know diff- different things, just a lot of different things. I think it's worth your time. Check it out. Uh, again, many thanks to him for having me on. Uh, speaking of podcasts, uh, I wanted to mention to the the CA podcast, my colleagues over there, and I, they've not had me on in a while, and I'm, I'm I'm a little hurt by that, frankly. But maybe maybe I can shame them into giving me another invite and getting back on the on the panel. What do you think? You know what? There's probably enough of me in podcast land, honestly. So that that that'd be fine. Uh, Ron Tillery, Jeff Calkins, and Chris Harrington. We're in the podcast. It's it's worth a listen to check out. It's about thirty minutes, and uh, they go through some of the you know stuff that we've talked about the post mortem of the Nets game and uh, you know a few of the the look ahead things that that we'll talk about uh, on this pod and and throughout the the next few weeks for the Grizzlies. But one of them that was interesting was you know in in the wake of the lineup change, one of the confusing elements or one of the different sort of elements, I guess, was that Brandon Wright replaced Jermichael Green, which didn't seem like on the surface, a change that needed to be made. It wasn't as if Jermichael Green was struggling or, uh, I mean, he was struggling a little offensively, but it wasn't like he was sticking out like a sore thumb. There were probably bigger fish to fry lineup-wise than uh, than Jermichael Green, but he, he gets he gets sent to the bench in place of Brandon Wright, who has missed time, understandably so. He's uh, His wife just had their twin uh, daughters, uh, this weekend, this past weekend, and everybody's happy and healthy, but that that's a stressful time, in a difficult time, especially with twins. So, you know, he's he's been out of the mix a little bit. He jumps right back in the starting lineup. But couple that with something that, that I thought was interesting that Ron Tillery said, and Ron kind of dropped this in. I didn't. This is not something that I that I knew about uh, and hadn't heard it out there yet. Maybe I just missed it, um, but I had not encountered it myself mentioned that uh, Ron mentioned that the Jermichael Green was out there in trade talks and, and the Grizzlies were willing to move Jermichael Green at the trade deadline. They just didn't happen to like any of the offers that they ended up getting. There was a there was some thought that that Boston had considered Jermichael in a fallback kind of sense if and when things didn't work out with Paul George and things ultimately didn't work out. With uh, with them and Paul George or Jimmy Butler, 
that Jermichael was on their list, uh, apparently, of guys that they were going to inquire over, whether that got past more than just a preliminary stage, I, I do not know. But I thought it was interesting that the Grizzlies were willing to move Jermichael in what would be a deal like the Blazers ended up doing with Mason Plumley, where they, they traded him and ended up getting the Grizzlies pick back, coincidentally enough. And uh, Yusuf Nurkic in a deal that, that sent Plumley to, to the Nuggets seems to have worked out well for for both teams so far. And Nurkic looks especially uh, frisky up in up in Portland. The Blazers doing the Grizzlies a favor in beating the Thunder um, last night, and we'll talk about that uh, a little more later on in the show. But it was interesting to hear that Jermichael's name was out there because you know Jermichael, we we've talked about it a lot. The the trade pods that we've done with Chris Harrington and Matt Hurdlicka, among others, and just some of my speculation centered upon Jermichael Green as a possibility for trade, not necessarily out of merit, but because of his contract situation. He's going to be a restricted free agent, and the Grizzlies you know, just may not be wanting to have to deal with an offer sheet that they don't like, you know, matching an offer sheet that's a little higher than they would want, or, or you, know, you know, you don't want to lose the guy for nothing at the same time if he's got value. So it's kind of a, you're in a little bit of a weird spot to, to some extent if you're not comfortable bringing him back. And the fact that they dangled him out there, you know, my question is, you know, does that mean that they are concerned about bringing him back at a certain price that they don't want to pay the, what I, I would assume is going to be an 8 to $10 million a year paycheck, maybe a little bit more depending on how things go. Uh, you know, maybe that's 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 probably got to be part of it. You know, maybe they want to see what the market holds because they want to get a, a feel for you know who's who's out there for for him, and who would be you know looking to make a move this summer. That's that's a possibility. Um, I think though it's probably it's probably more along the lines that it's and maybe it's an indication that they're not going to really push as hard as some might have thought to keep him. Maybe the last month or so where he's kind of cooled off a little bit has uh, soured them on paying him the kind of money that he was likely to make. Defensively, he's been excellent, although you know, he was a problem in the Brooklyn game like like most guys were. He got blown by uh, a time or two, uh, you know, and that's not usually like him. He's a very capable defender. But did they want to pay $10 million a year for him? I mean that's 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 what it comes down to, and now that they didn't trade him, that's the, the it's a pretty straightforward question at this point. You know, will he get the kind of offers that uh, many like myself have theorized that he's going to get in the free agent market, especially now that the cap number appears to be dropping, and there there's not going to be as many teams with even decent, you know, cap room after the first flurry of moves is likely to be made. And I don't think that Jermichael Green is going to be part of any first flurry of uh, of moves. You know, maybe this is a calculated risk on the Grizzlies part and that they want to keep him for for cheaper and maybe they'll be able to work some kind of a deal out with him for that. But anyway, I, I thought that little tidbit was interesting in the context especially of what happened on Monday and you know, it it, it kind of bears watching uh, to see you know how his role changes what what's Jermichael's role from here on out are they you know, did they did they put him on the bench to diminish his value for the summer? Are they that devious and planning? And would they be willing to jeopardize the results this season in order to do that? I I would think not, but you know, given given all this stuff, you, you have to at least kind of 
consider it, throw it out there. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I do know that our friends at SeatGeek help bring you this podcast, and uh, I, I can't emphasize enough how easy it is to save money and get great seats for great events with SeatGeek. It is awesome when somebody else does all the work for you. That's what SeatGeek does. This proprietary uh, algorithm that they employ in this app does all the work for you. It searches across all of the deal sites. It puts things in very easy, visually appealing style. So you can look and see. Here's the seating chart. Here's where the ticket's going to be. If you see a green circle on the seat, then it's a good value seat. You buy that seat, and it's going to be one that you're going to save money on. It's going to be a great value for you. And you can look across whatever event you want, concert, show, uh, you know, game, NBA game, whatever. They've got you covered. It's Seat Geek. And here's what you do. Just get the app on your phone or on your device, whatever it may be. Uh, iPhone, iPad, Android, whatever. They, they got you covered. Get Seat Geek. Download it. Use the promo code. If you go to the settings, there'll be a spot where you can insert a promo code. Use the promo code LO Grizzlies for two reasons. One, it helps the pod and it helps us to continue to get uh, support from sponsors. Uh, like Seat Geek and lets them know that you came from me. Second thing is it's going to save you money, 20 bucks back off your first Seat Geek purchase. That goes to you. So it's like me handing you a 20. It's really that simple and it helps us out, helps you out, it helps Seat Geek out. It's a uh, win win win. So go to Seat Geek. Uh, go to Seat Geek. Just search Seat Geek on your uh, device, whatever it is, in your app store and download it. It's super, super easy. SeatGeek.com as well. On the, on the web, it's, uh, it's the best way, it's the easiest way, it's the smartest way to get great seats at a great price, guaranteed, it is SeatGeek. I mentioned it earlier, but uh, Grizzly fans have to be thanking the Portland Trailblazers for the win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thunder have now lost four straights, so even though the Grizzlies are mired in one of their worst stretches of the year, three-game losing streak. It doesn't matter in the sense of the, the seventh seed because uh, the Thunder have been even worse. Um, and, you know, as long as they continue to lose, then that gives the Grizzlies a tremendous boost in in the sense that at least you stay in six. And I guess uh, you would prefer to play Houston rather than San Antonio uh, in the postseason or, you know, in theory, Golden State. I mean, San Antonio has every opportunity, in my mind at least, to catch Golden State. They still play them three times uh, in the rest of the uh, season. And, you know, the, the Warriors uh, without Kevin Durant for probably the rest of the regular season. I mean, that, I think there's there's a real good chance that the Spurs catch them and that whoever ends up in seven plays the Warriors in the, uh, in the first round. So the Thunder doing the Grizzlies uh, a tremendous favor. By losing, you know, Russell Westbrook had 58 points. His uh, career high didn't matter because the Blazers get the win. Uh, congratulations also to Dirk Nowitzki, who scored his 30,000th career point in the Mavericks win over the Lakers tonight. 30,000 points for Dirk, uh, obvious Hall of Famer. You cannot help but respect his work ethic, his ability, the way he changed the game in, in so many respects. 
and he he now he's killed the Grizzlies, man. He has killed the Grizzlies. Uh, I remember that playoff series back in that that first run in that run that the Grizzlies had uh, going uh, 0 for their first 12 in the postseason. He hit a dagger, dagger three that uh, gave the Mavericks a sneaky game three win in the middle of that run, and uh, it was it kind of tore the heart out of the Grizzlies. Had they won that game, then maybe they get back in that series, but. It was not. Uh, it was not to be for them. But congratulations to Dirk. What what a, what a remarkable achievement! Uh, Thirty thousand points is uh, for him, and and he's he's play- Listen, he and the Mavericks both are playing well. They have improved in the way they've played. They are they are a much better team now than they were two or three months ago. And uh, Rick Carlisle deserves a lot of credit for that. Dirk has played well too. Um, but yeah, it's they're different. They're a different group as the Grizzlies saw. Uh, last week, it's it's not um, it's not and that's your daddy's that's your daddy's Mavericks anymore. Grizzlies will practice today, and a lot to practice it was a little bit of a surprise that they didn't practice yesterday. But you know, um, you could you could look at it and say they played three and four, and they need to rest their bodies. Uh, I, I do think it probably would have been maybe better to save the drastic lineup changes if that were the case for a time like, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe even Thursday against the Clippers um, when you could at least prepare with uh, a practice or something beforehand before kind of doing it and not not, not catching everyone off guard as seemed to be the case with, with Tony and uh, some of the other guys. Um but but practice will be today, and uh, very intrigued to see how the team responds. This team has a as a tendency, and I, I think you'll see it today, to kind of rally the troops, come back, and put on uh, a a good face in spite of what has happened. But it's all it's all going to matter, you know, about dealing with the play on the court. And this is a team that you know has has not dealt with athletic bigs especially well. The, the Clippers will clearly test you there. This is a team that has not dealt with pick and rolls especially well. The Clippers certainly will uh, will test you there. The ability to orchestrate from the point guard spot, you know, even though Chris Paul has missed some time lately, uh, still no one better. And it's gonna be it's gonna be an almighty challenge. And the seeding is of course very much uh, up for grabs. Uh, even though you have seen now a separation as the Jazz have won games, Clippers have won games, Jazz are four games out of the Grizzlies now in that fourth spot. The uh, Clippers are uh, two and a half ahead of the Grizzlies at this stage for that uh, fifth spot. Uh, so, you know, a loss to the Clippers on Thursday means that you are three and a half back of uh, of them, and that starts to really... Put you in some tough math. It's already tough enough as it is, but it's still doable. You know, the the more you get behind the eight ball, there the the tougher it's uh, it, it's going to be. Uh, some good stuff out there on the web, and I and I got to give and I've been hard on them, so I, I want to give kudos to Michael Wallace over at Grind City Media. Wrote a uh, pretty critical piece, as critical as these things will go, about the the Grizzlies. On, on their website, but I also want to say, uh, and I appreciate that they have put out and they've got uh, disclaimers that go on the bottom of these uh, stories that, that, that mention on Grind City Media that, you know, this is all 
just Michael's opinion, and they didn't, uh, they've not been reviewed. The contents of this page have not been reviewed or endorsed by the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, so I, that I, I kind of, uh, prodded Wexler, Jason Wexler, the president of business operations to, to, to do this. And he, uh, they have done it and they've, they've had it up there and I think it's the right thing to do, but I think it's good that they've, they've, they come with a, a critical viewpoint. I still think that's problematic in some respects, but, uh, but it shows that, that they are doing it and it's really hard not to at this stage. You can't. If you if you can't write anything negative after a double digit home loss to the Nets, then you really really are just a big old shill. So uh, I give them uh, I give them credit for that because I've I've ripped them enough. I think it's only fair that I tip my cap to them just a just a little bit. Went back and watched that Nets game again, especially the second half and late in the game, and it's still just baffling to me. You know, now the Grizzlies did miss a number of easy shots, shots they probably would have made most nights. They missed a bunch of them. So that you can go back and look at that. They fouled so much though, and really struggle with blow bys. It's it's like just basic stop the ball type stuff that they really struggled with. And you know, you go back and watch it and it's just like wow. Wow, 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 man. Um, then there was some confusion on some of the pick and roll coverages. Yeah. And they end up in rotations. It's, it was a, it was just a, a mess. And if you've seen, you know, their, their, their defensive rating over the last four games is like 118. I mean, it is, it is off the charts bad. And this is stuff that has been brewing for a while. And I don't think it's just fixable, you know, with one practice, the Grizzlies will play hard. I assume against the Clippers, they did not against the Nets, and this team is not good enough to try to coast through games. Just, just isn't isn't going to work, and uh, the fans aren't going to buy it, and they did not buy it. It's certainly you can't do it against the Clippers. So maybe you could look and say that 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 game, the presence of that game is going to motivate the Grizzlies. They'll play a lot harder, and therefore will cover up a lot of the issues. That that they're out there, you you can't survive like that though, and you can't really to put to put a finer point on it, you can't thrive like that. You can't be the team that you want to be. You can't finish uh, with the goals that you want to finish and achieving those goals if you're going to play that way. If you're going to simply be motivated by the opponent rather than your quest to get better, your quest to play as well as you can possibly play on an individual and team basis. If that's affected that strongly by the opponent, then you are screwed from the get-go. I will be fascinated to see if David Fisdale does indeed double down on this lineup and roll with it right out of the gate on Thursday against the Clippers, or will he take a more judicious approach? Will it be um, finally the long-awaited Chandler Parsons move to the bench uh, or will he stick with out of stubbornness or or whatever will he stick with Andrew Harrison and Brandon Wright in the starting lineup I think those are all very good questions and uh, we will find out the answers to them on Thursday just to add to the chorus and to put a little more evidence out there as if you know any was needed, I, I would I would say it's it's overwhelming at this point. But let's throw another couple logs on that fire. 
uh, of why Chandler Parsons needs to sit. Um, these stats I got from uh, our friends over at Basketball Reference, great, great site, and use their tools to look for stuff like this. You can do it, and uh, it, uh, it, it it tells you the story of, of what Chandler Parsons is and is not doing. The only player in NBA history who has started at least 30 games in a season yet grabbed five or fewer total offensive rebounds is Chandler Parsons. It is Chandler Parsons. The only player in NBA history 6'10 or taller and who started 30 or more games and blocked fewer than five shots is Chandler Parsons. You know, these are the kind of records that you get when you are not involved in the game, when you are not in there, when you are not getting after it, when you are not able to do things physically. Those are the kinds of things that that pop up. You know, you don't need more evidence that Chandler Parsons is having a horrible season, is not healthy, and does not need to be really anywhere near the starting lineup at this point. You don't need more evidence of that. It's all pretty much as plain to see as you could possibly imagine. It's just a matter now of what do they what do they take? What do they do? Um, what does David Fisdale do? Is it David Fisdale's call at all? That's you know, that's a fair question. Yeah, so what what is it that they're actually going to do uh, with him? And what are they going to do about it? I'm going to continue to stump for it because the only obvious, I mean, it's its the most obvious change out there. You know, there, there's just no logical reason why it wasn't tried and why it wasn't at least one of the things that, you know, David Fisdale has attempted to use over the last few weeks in order to, you know, stabilize the, the, the team and, and to get them out of, as he termed it, the, you know, 500 malaise that they've been in. They are exactly 500 over their last 28 games at 14 and 14. Um, in you know, in those games, you've seen a lot of guys really just struggle mightily. And uh, one of those is is Chandler Parsons. Another is Marcus Gasol. Defensively, he has really struggled mightily in this sequence. Um, so you, you can't always point the finger at Chandler Parsons, but nonetheless, if he persists, if David Fisdale persists with the, the Andrew Harrison lineup, uh, along with Brandon Wright, it's, it's just, it's kind of stubbornness at this point, because you can, you can look and see that it's not, it's not working. It didn't work. It would have worked purely by accident, I suppose, but I could see the theory behind it to some extent, but when it entails the, you playing, your backup point guards, you know, neither of whom is especially good or even probably uh, a replacement level player at this point. When the plan that you come up with, the master plan, involves playing both of them and ending up with them combining for 45 minutes of play, that is a really bad idea. That is a really bad, bad, bad idea. So, again... The longer this thing goes on without David Fisdale making the obvious switch of moving Chandler Parsons to the bench, the more the fans are going to be on him, the more I think there'll be some suspicion 
or just some questioning within the locker room of why Chandler gets preferential treatment and other guys don't. You know, you would not see very many guys, if any, ever be able to put up the kind of numbers that he has put up and still maintain a starting spot with the exact same number of minutes. Um, I get from a big picture strategy standpoint, the team wants to try to milk whatever performance they can milk out of Chandler Parsons this year. Um, he, that's that's fine. It, it, maybe they even think that doing so would give them a better chance in the postseason. But you risk if you turn your team from a meritocracy to one that rewards position based on contract and front office investment, then you're going to have uh, a, a probably a dissatisfied locker room. A lot of guys are not going to appreciate that approach. Uh, so these are the things that are on the line. Well, I'll be very curious to hear what they have to say uh, in the practice situation that is uh, going to take place later on today. A lot to practice, a lot to look at, a lot of film study to do. Uh, I would imagine that they're going to be very, very busy Today and this is, you know, you don't have to you don't have to do much motivation for the Clippers. It's the Clippers. Hopefully that will work. We will see tomorrow night in FedEx Forum. Had a quick question that came in from uh, one of our listeners, Brock at Brock Solid Twenty One says, "What do you see being the plan at backup point guard come playoff time? Forty eight minutes of Conley, hoping not much of Harrison or Douglas. Point Tony." Uh, thank you, Brock. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the question. Uh, I would say, yeah, I mean, you're going to see uh, 40 minutes of Mike Conley for sure. Maybe 42, 43. I mean, it's kind of, you know, all you can do, anything you can do, you've got to you know, get all you can get out of Mike Conley. So he's going to play a lot and he's going to be asked to do a lot. I would think the backup would still be Tony Douglas. Um, there's no reason to think it'd be Tony Allen and Andrew Harrison for his, you know, for all of his, you know, starting and, you know, whatever. I, I still think the the preference would be Tony Douglas over him. As badly as Douglas has played, he has still been much more productive than Andrew Harrison, who is uh, among the very worst jump shooters in the NBA and is certainly not quick. Uh, he has many things, but he's not quick, and Fisdale seems to value speed. Tony Douglas has more of that. So I would think you'd see a lot of Mike Conley, 40 to 42 minutes, and then whatever is not out there is going to be taken up, I would assume, by uh, Tony Douglas. Thank you again, Brock, for the question. Thanks so much for joining me here on Locked on Grizzlies. As always, you can check me out, 7 to 10, Wolo and Peter in the morning, Real Sports Talk, Sports 56, 87, 7 FM. Check out Numbers Game in the commercial appeal and you can check us out on facebook as well search for locked on grizzlies or uh go to facebook.com slash locked on grizzlies for those of you of course that are big fans of the podcast let me tell you something this is a great spot for your company if you want to reach men between the ages of 18 and 54 this is the place for your audiences and here's something to consider Recent surveys have shown that podcast listeners are 65% more willing to think seriously about purchasing products they learned about from podcasts. 60% given equal price and quality prefer to purchase from companies that advertise on their favorite podcasts. Our rates 
are very reasonable, please shoot me an email, Peter at PeterEdmiston.com. Shoot me a, a tweet at Peter Edmiston or a direct message, something like that. We can get uh, all the information out to you. I'd love to have you on the podcast, become part of our family, and reach all those great folks out there that are listening. Thank you so much. You have been Locked on Grizzlies. Locked on Grizzlies, your daily podcast on the Memphis Grizzlies, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.